The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. This is history. This is dreams come true territory. <laughs> I don't feel like you're lying. Kia ora, welcome along to The Real Pod. This is your reality TV recap podcast. A tiny little bit of real life in New Zealand thrown in for good measure. My name is Jane Yee. I'm joined by Duncan Grieve. Kia ora. And also by Ben Thomas. What? What? This is one of the greatest days of my life. Now, if you're not used to the dulcet tones of Ben Thomas... It's a crossover episode. It is. So so Ben is uh, our regular host on Gone By Lunchtime with Annabelle Lee Mather and Toby Manhire. Five years ago, I approached Duncan and said, can I come in and talk about The Batch? And he was like, you can go on our political podcast <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll see. Ben actually has no interest in politics whatsoever. He's basically just been doing it, learning it, chatting it, so that he can, uh, you know, stay around, stay ready So for this one moment. Climbing through the ranks, Morning Report, The Nation on News Hub, Q&A, and finally, the zenith of my commentary career. <laughs> Obviously, all of those uh, great productions are like a feeder into the real part. Yeah, they're like yeah. the minor leagues. <laughs> yeah. You're here at the Major Leagues, and this is your time. Welcome. It's good to have you here. I'm frothing. He's coated in sweat. I, I, I think this, when he was saying this is the best moment of his life, with everyone else, that's obviously a joke. With Ben, there's a chance it's true. I like, mean, I believe it. He is a true RealPod super fan. I'm, I'm excited. Ben has got notes. He's got thorough notes on what's happened on The Bachelorette NZ this week. And to that end, we're going to keep things nice and brief in terms of the top of the show. First of all, let's get into real news. Did you watch the Maths Australia reunion? I listened to the podcast. Okay, that's all you need to know. All you need to know is that NASA basically went in, blasted everyone, didn't apologise for all the bad things that he's done. But this week he turned up on Instagram at Sorrell's baby's first birthday party. This was spotted by a corny, posted in the corner. I want to know the dirt. If I was Alex, I'd give him a call. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have NASA's number. It's quite amazing, that relationship. The Alex Alex Nasser relationship. I think we should try and surprise her with him in person one day. When the borders open, Nasser. <laughs> it's a priority. <laughs> also, Tracy, our Trace, got married at her own baby shower. So she did a surprise wedding. So she's married at 564th site with her, her childhood lover. 
still treasure my memory of driving Trace around Auckland, just the two of us. It's so good. Why did that, how did that happen? I don't know. We did, I think we were talking about this, Alex and I were talking about this in the um, the little maths bonus pods that we did. We did the book launch. We presented the book launch with Time Out Bookstore. I had that extraordinary interaction with Julia. Sloan. And I, I had another one years later when I was doing a profile of Leo Malloy and um, he was like, yeah, come over here. And she's still icy cold. Like it's, <laughs> that's the the frostiest reception uh, I've ever had. And just to have those two events ha- happen so um, far apart, she holds the fury deeply. We won't go into the into Wayne's world officially with a sting or anything, but I just did want to uh, let you know that someone ran on Twitter a poll regarding the squiggles about whether people considered Hokey Pokey or candy to be the original flavour. Luke Fitzmorris did this research for us. With 169 votes, the final results are 68% believed Hokey Pokey to be the original flavour, with just 26% being correct in believing candy to be the original flavour. Case closed. I need to know how the question was phrased, because it's, it's, a, it's a matter of the historic, historical record. Like You can't have an opinion about a fact. The fact is that candy is original. Yeah. What's interesting is that so many people are wrong. have got like a revisionist history on yeah. Squiggles. Yeah. yeah. It does change everything. Very Mandela effect. I mean, I think it's a story. Yeah. Quickly into Colin's Cranny. Let's just pop in there. Colin's Cranny. Colin's Cranny. Colin's Cranny. 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 Colin's Cranny. Big update in the Cranny. I couldn't leave this out. So, Colin Mathura Jeffries, New Zealand's hottest home baker cutout, was uh, loaned to us by Colin for our corny Christmas party which took place in 2019 and it's been um, hiding in our studio ever since. He maybe implied that we were kind of holding it against its will which was definitely not the case. I don't know what happened if we were going into his junk but we were... (laughs) Apologies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but oh, we were trying man. to get the we were trying to get the cardboard cutout back to him, and, and <laughs> communications were not happening. But this week it got returned. We've got a photo of it uh, in the car with our office manager Lucy. She was too polite to ask for a photo in situ, but he posted himself with himself on his Instagram stories. It's home, he's home. Colin and Colin, back together again. Oh, the office isn't the same though. I mean, it was behind a screen <laughs> in the podcast you could, studio. You could sense it. You could see his foot and <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's not the same. So a lot of things wrapped up and what's about to be wrapped up is The Bachelor at NZ. But we have this week to talk about before the grand finale on Monday. And so let's get into it. Here's Reality Check. I have four weeks to decide how I'm going to drop my entire life. I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. <laughs> Reality Check. I've only got three words for you guys. Can I try and say them at the same time? Okay. One, two, three. Bring, Bring back, back Jack. Jack. <laughs> We did not rehearse that. It's just obviously the only three words to be said. What's your take, Ben? My snap judgment is, what, this was recorded back in September, October. Lexi would have tracked down Jack by, I think, late January at the at the most. You think that Jack and Lexi, like, in real time, are probably... I, I think it would have been the summer of Jack for Lexi. Yeah. Great. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I hope that's there, the there outcome There is absolutely here. no chance that she is still with whoever she ends up selecting. Um, <laughs> or if she is that, you know, during the sneaky level three lockdown, she kind of... <laughs> 
<laughs> took some emergency sort of exit <laughs> to, to Fakatane and rendezvoused with Jack in the bush. The, the, the gap between Jack and to- Todd and Hamish is just, in terms of the electric chemistry, it's just so vast to, to have kind of, you know, always the ends of, ends of the, the Bachelor Bachelorette are a bit anticlimactic because you sort of feel like you know what's going to happen. But this has got a different feel where she ejected the one person she had an intense, horny thing for in favour of the two, two who sort of were basically okay. And it's, it's a weird vibe. I, I disagree a little. Really? I, I, yeah, I, oh, think, you, you I think, think she's intensely horny for Todd as well. I think she was. Last week she had a really intense chemistry-laden kiss with Todd where she had, as you said, the leg sit mm. or something, or the leg over, what, not, not the leg over. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> the lap sit. Oh, no, that's bad too. Oh, you know what I mean. He was sitting on a bench, she had her legs over him, and he was stroking her legs, and they were, had a beautiful, passionate kiss, and I was like, wow, there's really something there. But once you've had Jack... Hard to go back, right? Impossible. Uh, so I don't know if the chemistry with Todd is as electric as it was for that first kiss that they shared together. Yeah, I think she found like the ceiling of human connection, and it was so far. Which you know, Todd was in range of of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it just she shot through up, up like seven stories above, and now anything that's kind of down in the, you know, what previously would have been a totally fine vibe is just getting nothing done and and it's so interesting because watching Lexi who is you know incredible talent if you don't count art definitely the best major protagonist they've had in the franchise yet Mm -hmm. maybe even better than art Mm -hmm. but extremely basic and also like very aesthetically focused in a way that she probably doesn't understand you know kind of trying to grapple with this idea that there's something about jack <laughs> some kind of mysterious some be? kind of mysterious energy just sort of coming i think from his abs i don't know <laughs> like and, and just seeing her sort of try to rationalize this and like there's there's really something about him it's like it's um it's very proustian you know, <laughs> I mean his abs, sure, but I also want to submit his face and hair. Uh, he's a good-looking man, but I, as much as I find that very funny and think there's a lot in it, Ben, I do think they've got a, they've got like a bloody thing. You know, like it's not just pure because I think her type is more Joe types. You yeah. know, sort of muscly tattoo, kind of surfer vibe, and then so that's why she didn't really initially pay much attention to this sort of clean-cut elfin figure, you know, albeit <laughs> carved out of... No, he's a Greek god, let's, let's admit it. But when they, when they got together, boom, you know? So, and, that, and that's part of what's, what's you know, head-spinning about it for her. And yet, that was, uh, that was some of the most hard-out shit I've ever seen on TV. Yeah. The, 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 when, when he walked away from the rose ceremony and they were basically like having panic attack slash heart attack <laughs> and then it almost felt like maybe they went ahead and walked and said look I'm just going to play this out with these lads mm. because I can't be seen to be doing this with mm-hmm. you look, look you know to be fair look like you just got out of high school but just give me like a month to just wrap the promotional interviews and then it is all on for young and old so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory of it. We're getting a tiny bit ahead of ourselves. Let's just talk Jesse because he was in and then he was gone. Like I have to be completely transparent. Last week when we recorded the <laughs> podcast, 
Duncan and I believed that Jesse was going to be announced as the next Bachelor. I had Whoa, to do... Hold on, hold on. You told me he was the Bachelor and I was like, whoa, and went along with it. But the I didn't TVNZ believe it. The publicist, good on her, doing a job extremely well, didn't lead me to believe that. But when I said to her... I reckon Jesse's The Bachelor and we want to talk about it in the podcast. Can you confirm or deny? And she was like, I'll be releasing a press release about The Bachelor tomorrow. I was like, that's as good as a yes. <laughs> oh my God. I apologise to Julie Christie on the spinoff because I took an inference like that to be a yes. That's bad journalism. Okay, but anyway. Imagine if Jesse was The Bachelor. Oh, I mean, it, that would. Do you remember when Alyssa Milano called for a woman's strike in the US? <laughs> like that—that that would be the kind of thing that would precipitate it in New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, the the kind of double standard that that would reflect. Bringing out Lexi for the guys, and then like, here's Jesse, <laughs> ladies. But anyway. That's a reality we don't have to face because Moses Mackay from Solomio and I did a lovely little drop-in in the podcast last week, a little fakey line about how Moses had been announced <laughs> <laughs> that were recorded completely after the podcast, dropped in the edit, and you can definitely hear that it's recorded in an entirely different room. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Jesse's not The Bachelor. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the, what the function of Jesse's appearance on the show was. Do you think it was just purely as a, a red herring because they knew there was going to be like bubbles well, just to get you, <laughs> and they succeeded. Well done. Because the intruders are meant to represent this new existential threat to the existing contestants, right? Just as a bit of a digression, in you know, are you guys familiar with the olden day Royal Rumble in wrestling, where a, a new wrestler yeah. enters the ring every two minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then d- during the 90s, they were pretty short on talent as well. And so what they would do is like fill about five of the spots in with just sort of, you know, retired comedy characters from the 80s who would run in as a kind of, you know, whimsical reminder of the past and then immediately get thrown out over the ropes. And I feel like that was kind of Jesse, eh? Like, I mean, I, like, I don't want to be rude, but, you know, he, I think he said in the last se- in the last season when he was on it that... He had never had a girlfriend before. And I would put money on the fact he hasn't since. <laughs> and it just he just didn't really come in as a sort of monster heel to use wrestling no. violence there. I think the thing with this whole season is there really hasn't been a lot of drama. And maybe he was a late riggin just in the hope that there would be some sort of upset that people would recognise him from last season. Perhaps he was the only person who was willing to go back on the telly (laughs) and do this again and that it would at least fire up the guys. You know, it nearly worked. I mean, so I've got another theory about that kind of element and that I think the mole, the mole as a concept kind of wrecks the show because it breeds suspicion at all times. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. you've, you've already got cameras around you a lot of the time, but when there's a mole, you have to be on guard even when the cameras are off. And I think it's when the cameras are off and the, the shit-talking stuff, that's where a lot of the drama naturally yeah, flows right. from. And I think Jesse was was already, A, he was the source of drama last time around, B, he was an obvious potential mole. They were all constantly talking about moles, and there was a freaking mole. So, like, I, I think that, that uh, Warner should reconsider that as a, like, almost explicitly say to the next batch or bachelors slash ads, this is not a thing we'll ever do again. We're sorry. Because I wonder if that is where the, the absence of drama came from. It's just that everyone was just 
reticent constantly because sure. they were worried about being exposed. I also have this other theory. They're filming Celebrity Treasure Island, aren't they, at the moment? I'm just wondering if they want to put him on the island, wherever the island may be. They're just kind of putting him back on our radar. Remember the celebrity? Yeah. The yeah. Famous, famous Jesse. <laughs> Hey, speaking of, do you want to do a promo? Yeah, I do. I do want to do a promo for Remember When. It's our brand new podcast. Sick podcast. It's super short form, so it only asks for like five to ten minutes of your time, a couple of times a week. And it's just kind of looking back on the trends and phenomena that shaped our youths. Just go to the spin-off podcast and what, you'll find what, it what are the first two episodes about? First two episodes are about Slender Man and also <laughs> when <laughs> when the drinking age was twenty. You'd listen to that, eh, Ben? He's going to. I do remember when the drinking age was twenty. <laughs> How old are you? I, I turned 20 the year that it went down same. to 18. Me too. I was the same. furious. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I've lost my notes. Talk amongst yourselves. So Jesse sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else? What else? Well, I think then the Jack thing happened. One more thing with the Jack on the Jack front. That, that scene where she's talking to the producer... Yes. About Jack yes. was amazing. Yeah, like that was that's why. Is this when she'd sort of broken down? Yeah, she went yeah. into the barn. Yeah, had a cry, quite a big cry. Oh yeah, a massive tr- cry. Really thrown by. So I think what would have happened is that it had all of this chemistry happened with Jack earlier on. He would definitely be right up there. I think it's that it was so late in the piece, it threw her. He talked a lot from the very beginning about his family. Mm. And he mentioned in this episode about how he didn't want to put his family through this. And I think that might be the cameras being in their space and then him maybe not going on to win. Whereas if if that had happened earlier and he felt like it was more of a sure thing, he would have been happy to bring those cameras to the family. That, that is one real difference between The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is that the guys are always looking for a guarantee. Right. Yeah. They're always asking, like, not, not just do we have a connection or am I in with a shot? It's always basically, am I the front runner? Am I the putative winner of this show? Anytime they don't get that assurance, they almost sort of immediately drop their guts. So it's an ego thing though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like if I'm not, if you can't reassure me and validate me, um, I'm going to get out of here. And we saw that big time with Joe, but we'll we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) The hang up on the age thing, I mean, it's clearly not the issue because Todd, not just only a year older than Jack, but also about seven years younger in maturity Just levels. the, the yeah. mind of a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, just a big, beautiful lug. <laughs> yeah, so cute. I mean, I have a soft spot for Todd, but I don't see how you can go Todd's marriage material and Jack is too young. J- J- Jack and Lexi feel like the same like vibe age. There's a little bit of a siblings or dating thing going on. Yeah, there, oh, like absolutely. absolutely. They look identical. I was thinking that before. Or twins or dating. Like. We did a pub quiz last week, and we won that pub quiz, but only because of the team that was actually winning left, and this is exactly what happened when Jack left. Whoever wins this yes. is only winning because Jack left. Yeah, I mean, what a power move, though. Oh, yeah. To just sort of pull it, pull it down into a, a lower kind of playing field Pasha, where they can all sort of see from their vantage point and then be like, now, now, okay, bye. I don't really feel like that it was like intentional though, you know, like I don't think that he was being deliberate in throwing a cat amongst the pigeons. I've got written in my notes, it was the realest thing we've seen all season. Oh, absolutely. I'm exactly the same, near, near identical phrase written in my notes. Like that was so... Freaking real. That was one of the realest things I've ever seen on on these extremely artificial uh, romance shows. Yeah, yeah. It was a 25-year-old grand gesture. 
Yeah, and it was, yeah, and, and it was really impressive, you know. Um, I mean, that would take a lot of guts, right, to just sort of stride away from the line. Who got sent home? Because Jesse took, sent himself home. Jack sent himself home. And then the three remaining guys just sort of shuffled around nervously and went yeah, through Paul, with that. No, four, Paul, four. Paul Todd and Hamish. Oh, four, sorry. Paul yeah, Todd, four. Hamish. And Joe. Joe. Okay, and so then we had home visits or hometown dates, whatever they called them. We started off in Northland with Hamish. He giggles so much. <laughs> Nothing about Hamish is convincing to me. I really hope he's the victim of a bad edit. I would like to posit that he's actually had a good edit. Oh, wow. Well, I think that you give top twos good edits. You give all the best bits right. to the audience. So I don't think he's been the victim of a bad edit. I think what we see is is what he is, and possibly we haven't even seen some of the worst bits. And when I say worst, he's not a bad person. He's just very giggly. Imagine how much giggling is sitting on the cutting room floor. <laughs> That's so much terrifying. Imagine if you were uh, sort of like a... Post director on that show, how much giggling you would have heard. At least it was really funny. Like, going out fishing and catching nothing. In Northland, that's, there's a lot of fish in Northland. That's hard. Going, looking for kinna. Kinna is just like everywhere. <laughs> that is the floor in Northland. You've got a Haynes Hunter. The, like, Rolls Royce kind of Kiwi bloke's boat. The boat that just basically drives itself. You can't start it. Like... Everything he tried to do, he didn't just, he just absolutely pants. That was that, kind that's of what amazing. I mean. He, he, he seemed a bit like kind of like the class clown kind of showing up in his dad's car to pick someone up and then it, you know, then not being able to get it started. I thought that the rescuers were going to, it was going to be a big prank and the rescuers were going to be his friends and family. And that was going to be that was going to be like a bit that he was doing. It was going to be quite a cute thing. And so I was anticipating that. And when they just jumped on board, and he was going to be like, "Thanks, Dad." And then they just got on their boat and left again because they'd shown him trying the key. They'd shown Hamish trying the key and not working. And then these people came along and it showed them turning the key and the boat fired up. The only thing, uh, the only thing that just in, that it could be is as. And I, I would respect the hell out of Warners as if, if this is what they did, is if they sabotaged the boat, like just <laughs> wiggled the cable, just for for the, for the effect, and then just sort of sneakily just chucked it back in. That is definitely a plausible. It's plausible, right? I mean, they would be. I I feel like if you were on set for these shoots, you would be looking for some drama, and if you had the opportunity to create some, you'd you'd give it a red hot go. Hard to imagine how. Neither Lexi nor nor Hamo wouldn't see someone fiddling with the boat while they were floating out in the water. I mean, you got a camera person. You probably got someone with a boom mic. Just took someone to like. Bump Do you know it when it happened? When they dived in the water. Yeah, <laughs> that's when it happened. Totally. The spin-off Investigates. <laughs> so then they went, go along and they they meet Hamish's parents. I, I don't remember anything about Hamish's family. I literally don't remember a thing. That was just not memorable stuff. No, it was wasn't. It? it wasn't. We uh, went. Back, to, we probably never left Northland. To be fair, crew just stayed on, uh, and she had a date with Joe. They went to a waterfall. They had yeah. like a lot of passion. Yeah, that was he was he kind of knew what like he, he knows what water does to Lexi, <laughs> and 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 it was like he was playing on his home turf, right? So he's yeah. got his injury. He's like, we're going to do water jogging, take the pressure off it. I'm yeah. going to be, I'm going to be free for action behind a waterfall. Very romantic, very you know, romantic. well played. And then they have a lovely meal. With with mum and I just I don't remember anything but mum. She was definitely the Cheryl West matriarch. And she uh, she noticed that the body language between Joe and Lexi was a bit off. 
that Lexi was very cold on her left side. Who was sitting to Lexi's left? Joe. Jo. I think Mum was spitting truth. Yeah. Mum was definitely spitting truth. I think Lexi, as you said, Duncan, looked at Joe and went, this is my kind of guy, but he really didn't have a lot to offer. Oh, he sucks. He just strikes me as one of these guys who's never had to struggle <laughs> to, to um, find companionship. He finds the idea of having to fight for it. He finds that, like, really, really unpleasant to the point of I would rather just, just walk away. And that sort of detachment and uh, was so palpable throughout all of their interactions and particularly obviously in the way that he basically just gave up and wandered off. He didn't get my back up as much as he got your back up but I just didn't have any feeling about him at all. I didn't want him to be the happy ending at the end of all of this and when mum said her bit and I think you know speaking to what you're saying he may be the product of a mother who's really put him on a pedestal. You know, if we want to get into some deep child psychology, <laughs> that that's his expectation of a certainly. This partner. is the show for it. Certainly, is. <laughs> deep child psychology. We're all very well qualified. We've I, all been children. I think he's sort of, you know, in previous podcasts, you've discussed how the Bachelorette is quite good in terms of shattering sort of male New Zealand stereotypes. You know, it's guys talking about their feelings and things. But this, I think, is like the real sharp end of it, where it kind of butts up, which mm. is. You know, it's a cliche in these shows, you know, you've got to make yourself vulnerable, you've got to open up. And most of the time that's just sort of trite filler kind of material. But I think within, with guys like Joe, that's a real kind of, you know, observation that, you know, he's, he's, he was obviously interested in Lexi more than just, you know, a conquest or winning a, a show or whatever. Um, but just really couldn't bring himself to put himself in that kind of position of weakness at any kind of point. And you could sort of even see him struggling on camera with that. This is not the kind of experience that you can be a slow burn on. <laughs> and I think, was it Hamish who referred to himself as a slow burn? I mean, Joe is definitely, I don't know how long it takes for Joe to come out of his kind of shell, but it's, <laughs> it's too long. It's you don't have long. time for that shit. No, you've got to bring the jack intensity can you imagine if the Jack Intensity arrived on night one? That would be the shortest season ever. Yeah. <laughs> that happened in The Bachelorette US. The Bachelorette basically met her man and within two weeks. She just like was, I'm, I'm not going to wow. go beyond oh, this. Wow. This is my guy. And, and they, left, they had to, Well, they had to wheel in another Bachelorette. <laughs> wow. And she got the kind of the scrappy leftovers and then they brought in a couple of new ones for her. It was pretty amazing. That's cool. Uh, we go from Joe to the Todd Squad. This okay. was some I, bullshit. I love Todd. <laughs> I just, like, there's a couple of ways it can go when you're beautiful. You can either be like Vaz and just sort of become entitled and feel like you're owed everything and you can get everything you want. Or you can just be a big, happy, dum-dum like Todd <laughs> who just thinks the world is a beautiful place where mostly nice things happen and... <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, it's <laughs> who loves his family, and every every time Lexi's leaning in or trying to touch his arm or playing with her hair, he's just talking about a different pasta variety that his grandma cooks. And, and when, when she was like, oh, "I just love seeing Todd with his family," you know, he was leaning towards the screen to get closer to them, yeah. you know, like a cat or a baby, or like it was like Zoolander, you know, like and Todd's what? family is in the computer. <laughs> like, <laughs> It was it was very you know the the Bubble Boy um, episode of Thirty Rock where John Hamm is exactly that he's just only like the world is lovely to him and that yeah like that that is absolutely 
Todd, and and it's you know like this. It's a similar thing with Michael on um, that season of. Married at yeah. First Sight, yeah. just beautiful. Those Greek and Italian lads out of Australia who are just freaking gorgeous, have these big families where their mothers and grandmothers just nurture <laughs> and hold them at the, the heart of the family. That, that is, a, and a spe- he's an only child. Oh, my God. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. Normally they're one of 15 children. If all of that force is acting on a solo, oh, forget about it. He is just a huge puppy dog. It's, it's very, very cute. However... He was willing to have two men he'd never met before <laughs> in his life pretend to know him on TV. Unless, unless they said, hey, Todd. And he's like, hey, guys. And they just basically very convincingly were like, we're your mates. And it's like, well. And he was like, great. I don't, did <laughs> we go to school? Yeah, we went to school together. I love to play, you know. <laughs> Because those dudes did not know Todd. <laughs> and they just, they just said these kind of lines. They had no relationship to Lexi. And uh, it was good TV, but it wasn't. I mean. Did Todd just come over for the uh, show? This is yeah, what 100%, I don't, 100%. I don't know. Okay, yeah. So hey. this is what I didn't understand. Has, has Todd got a job here? Because they're, they're putting so much on this idea that he's going to go. He's definitely going to go back to Australia because that's where his family is. Is it that he's definitely going to go back to Australia because that's where he lives? <laughs> <laughs> he's, in, he's in like, I think he's staying at the apart, you know, the, that, that apartment downtown where all of the reality TV is The Bell shot. Suite. He's staying at the Bell Suite. Oh. <laughs> Like, that is a furnished apartment. That's not what? Todd's house. That's not Todd's house. Todd's never been there. Todd, t- Todd doesn't know where the bathroom is. Like, none of this is real. Oh, that's going to that's gonna be a problem. I don't understand the issue about, you know, will he stay, will he go. This isn't like the American Bachelor or Bachelorette where you get married in the ceremony at the final episode, right? Basically, you win the right to go on a date. <laughs> and at the most, you will you sign up for six months of being uh, an Auckland celebrity going to, going to the only openings and premieres and red carpets happening in the world right now. So you win the chance to be the world's biggest celebrity that's so, very, very briefly that's so until the vaccine rollout happens. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I can't imagine why Todd would not want to sign up for that. You know, it's, it's not like a lifetime commitment, you know. No, I think I think Todd loves it. But also Todd's just you know doing what the director tells him to do, <laughs> you know. Anyway, that's preposterous scene. Then they find out that um, Lexi's Nana <laughs> taught the lad at Kodo Primary, and uh, you know it's all good. It's all fine. Like it literally was an instant change in the room. They were ready to turf her out, tell Toddy that she's not the one, no good, don't go near her. And then they found out, oh, Mrs. Brown taught Tweedledum at Kodo <laughs> Primary, <Yep>. and <laughs> fuck a papa wins the day again. <laughs> it was a very New Zealand scene and resolution. Okay, then we go on to Paul's hometown. They went to Paris Butter, which is on Jewish Road, I believe. This isn't his restaurant, right? It's just a restaurant. He did open a restaurant this week, didn't he? Yeah, it's, he, he... It's timely, isn't it? He opened... Yeah. To be strange, on the telly. Strange, mm. <laughs> Big week for Paul. <laughs> his family was lovely. His family was so great. His yeah. family ruled. I did want to hear a bit more from the dad. You know, so while all of the coconut shaving and carver ceremony was happening and mm. playing with the kids and Paul, you know, showing that he's like got strong paternal sort of qualities and Lexi charming everyone, 
I, I just felt like after, while the mum was taking Paul aside and gushing over Lexi, like that the dad would have been inviting Lexi round for a bit of, like to hit a blunt behind the house. <laughs> Did you see it? Like this this kind of long white beard and pink Floyd T-shirt. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> just, yes. yes. This, it looked this, like a deadhead. Yeah, yeah, just oh. this, this shy, shining diamond like <laughs> in the backyard. You know when you see someone and you're like, you are exactly half of each of your parents. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That is Paul. Yeah. Very much so. Anyway, he um, Paul took Lexi into the back of a very cool vintage car that was in the driveway and gave her <laughs> a real heinous he, ring. He was, he was like, I've been carrying around this ring for five years since I worked as a silversmith at Weta Workshop. <laughs> And uh, or, or, or since I went and bought merch at a Swedish death metal concert or something, gives I didn't know why I had it. I don't know why I had it. I knew when the time was right. I'd know why I have it. And now the time is right when I'm about to be dumped by you. They'd, they'd spent weeks establishing him as the cool guy. Oh man! And then suddenly he like bears his soul, and it's like this heinous like Ed Hardy ring. <laughs> huge as well that when she sort of she tried it on it went clean over the top of a ring she was already wearing on her largest finger oh man and I want to know I want to know where that ring is now I feel like that belongs in the Real Pod Museum my personal style is Dwight Howard (laughs) oh my god she should give that back to him he needs to. Pop, it was pop. just so obvious that he was, he was over with that one gesture. Yeah, yeah. It was just finished. You just you could see her looking at it going. <laughs> in my notes, I have "bring back Jack" written in. <laughs> <laughs> That's your whole note. <laughs> okay, then we have the cocktail party, and um, what a party! Oh my god! It starts off with Art making a Dombey gag. That was good. That was cute. Really good. Yeah. There hasn't actually been that much art in this. No. He's busy with children and things now. The cocktail party was, it was not a party for a start. It was a waiting room. It was the bleakest thing I have ever seen. I think they really were, I don't think they planned this this particular what, section. What happened? Well, to be fair, it was kind of like any New Zealand party of like four teenage boys and one girl. <laughs> <laughs> With like all the guys just sitting there going like, yeah, I feel that, says, a, that yeah. says a lot about your teenage years, Ben. Oh, I don't know. That's every man. <laughs> anyway, you get, get that up on the nostalgia pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so basically it was just the, the dudes sitting around in the hotel bar while one at a time they had a chat to Lexi. Then they would come back and drink some strong brown liquor and cry about it. <laughs> and not talk to each other. So the exception to the strong brown liquor... Was <laughs> I know what you're gonna say? Was Hamish? Oh my god! When when Hamish Hamish had to sit down with oh Lexi, my god. and 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 he he was duped. She she is like a, a cruel a cruel kind of temptress, inveigled him into admitting he had only ever had one girlfriend before. <laughs> at which point he realised that was a terrible thing to have said. <laughs> And he got back and just started smashing water, just like he was trying to drown himself like a <laughs> raver. It had forty pills. Like it was like I, I read once Josh Cromfeld when he played for the All Blacks used to lose seven kilograms in dehydration during a game, wow. and I reckon Hamish lost that much during his one-on-one with Lexi. But like, it, it, it 
weirdly, it was an amazing show. It was amazing, and it weirdly also felt like some sort of a challenge to the other guys. Like he was, <laughs> he was coming in and just being like, "I am a man." <laughs> that actually came after he he first got back, and he said, "So, so how many how many girlfriends have have you guys had?" <laughs> And Paul was like, oh, you know, a few. And Hamish was like, you have a serious one. <laughs> and Paul was like, yeah, like live together. And Hamish's eyes just bugged out of his head. And he was like, live together? <laughs> <laughs> that is like, I don't know how gifts work, but that needs to be a gif. You know, like when you're a little kid and, you know, your parents have people who come around to visit and, you know, and you sort of, and you're, and you're a little kid, they're nice to you and you think they're sort of your friends. And then you remember they're your parents' friends. And that seemed to be the realisation that, that that Hamish had about Paul. Like sort of, oh, shit, I'm here sitting with the adults. Like, yeah, yeah, massively. More child psychology from, your, from the real part. Okay, so these cocktail party chats were very much like exit interviews. They were not like intimate conversations when you're reaching the end of this amazing journey of true love. They were like, right, so how many girlfriends have you had? Vetting your references. Yeah. And what happened with Joe? Well, it was a very awkward chat. I wasn't really quite sure what they were saying for half the time, but it was very clear that she was getting to a point where she was extremely frustrated with him to the point of tears, and she was about to say, I'm sending you home. I'm not even going to put you through the rose ceremony. You're out of here. And I think I think she, he said something like, I know where you're going with this. And she said, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. And he was like, well, I don't want to be here. I'm going. He just commando dive rolled into the middle of her sentence and was like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed on the telly. Joe is not getting yeah. hurt. <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed on the telly. Like I would, My own pride is more important than any relationship I could possibly have. There was an opportunity there for him yeah. to swing it back, to become vulnerable. He could have won the show in that moment. He could have. Very easily, but instead chose to, like, the faintest possibility of losing was, like, far too much for him. And he was gone. Good riddance to bad rubbish, I say. Anyway, well, Joe went, obviously. Then Paul went. That was sad. If you're listening to the NZ publicists or, or anyone, we want... Paul's ring for the Real Pod Museum. We do, yeah. Lexi, if you still have it, we we, we need it for the Real Pod Museum. We have to get to the. You've not got a lot of time. We got to get. We got to rush through the 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 last two lads, the final two, going to visit Lexi's family. Um, I mean, there wasn't much. There was a lot of fish chat. Yeah. A lot of Australia chat. Yeah. Both seemed to get on fine with the family. I right? liked how Hamish. Hamish said, Lexi's described her dad as a guy who's into some ruthless banter. (laughs) And and then there should have just been a montage of all the scenes of him next to the guys just going like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, right. How did Lexi, how is Lexi (laughs) half that man? I don't understand. It's very odd. The the, the best bit uh, with the dad was when he said to Hamish, are you keen on giving it a go with Lexi after this? <laughs> <laughs> and Hamish just sort of was just paralysed. And he was like, what? And he's like, y- are you going to give it a go? And he's like, is he, is he asking if I'm going to fuck his daughter? <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly like- what he thought. And that was a masterful edit. Whoever, whoever spliced that together, because that was just like the purest cringe. It was so, so swallow me up well. <laughs> Oh. Other important things that we got from these uh, these two visits to the family. One is that 
Lexi's mum is in love with Hamish. I don't know. I don't know if she likes the man who, who giggles, but she loves Hamish. She mm. might have been charmed by the hot chockey. Who knows? The hot um, chockey was so funny. <laughs> that was the, the, Hamish as a child uh, theory. That was definitely a, Hang on, a, don't a we have a Hamish as a child and Todd also as like yeah. a big kid? That's why. Does she's she have a type? Yeah, especially and like maybe Jack was actually too mature for her. <laughs> have we put this together with the fact that she wants like ten children? She just can't <laughs> wait. So much crocheting. <laughs> I mean, what's to say? Not much, except for that. How can she pick either? Of I, know, these guys? I know. I know. Because she's a she's a like a seemingly lovely, genuine person, but just neither of these are what she signed up for. For a start, Todd's already got his plane ticket booked back to Australia. Secondly, She did a five-minute debrief with the mole about how little she likes Hamish to yeah. nap off the episode. She yeah. doesn't like um, Hamish. She, she does, she's sort of like, I'm still trying to figure out if we can be more than friends. Oh, okay. This, Final next week. <laughs> this does feel a lot like, like a diff- in a different way, but ultimately that, like the Lucina conclusion is absolutely in yeah. play, right? Yeah. If if that happens, they just have to dissolve the series. This just can't keep happening. You sign up to enter into a B-list <laughs> celebrity couple for six months following the show. That's the deal. You you don't get to, at the end of it. You don't get to go. Oh, maybe this isn't the right way to find love. So, you already so cast that die. Jordan and Lucina. Like, is it is the number of like unsuccessful conclusions to. Like, if, assuming that this is one, like, how how frequently does it happen at the end of a of a US Bachelor or Bachelorette that there's just like nothing? Extremely rarely, so, I think it's happened one time. So New Zealand is gunning for three. What I hope will happen, I know that an after the final rose has been shot. I hope that's when we're going to get Jack wheeled out, and that's going to be the love story. That, that we desperately need. I, I think I think that I, I would put money on that above all the other potential outcomes. Yeah. Okay, so let's wait and see. The final is on Monday night. Yeah, and then Moses Mackay's the bachelor. Moses Mackay, nicest like just all time he, he he could actually vault them both. He's so telegenic and cool. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. It's hey, been such a pleasure. Thank you guys. This has been just the pinnacle. Like of a wish foundation. So yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like Todd chasing a ball in the park. <laughs> It's been wonderful having you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you, Tina. Thank you to the spin-off members. And if you want to join the conversation on any other stuff, make sure you go to The Real Pod Corner. You'll find that on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Real Pod Corner. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.